Everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we're recording, yeah, the recording, bleh, talking about the second half of our albums of 1995. And I'm here with John. I'm Michael. How's it going, everybody? Oh, thanks for the answer. Jesus, I'm so flustered. We, we already recorded this, so we're going to kind of speed through it because something's wrong with my microphone. I know you don't want to know the dirty laundry, but that's what's happening. And now I'm like all flustered and I can't think straight. So let's go straight into the albums that we have left on our list for 1995. Uh, he went first last time. I'll go first this time. And my first album is Bloodhound Gang, Use Your Fingers, which is completely ridiculous. Immature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like it's, it's a thing where I'm not, I don't hate them, but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I, there's a reason why I wouldn't really want to own an album. That's uh, mainly just because, yeah, they got some good songs, for, but the joke of it kind of wears itself out, like, halfway through the album, so you kind of start, you know, you use the word cringe. Uh, yeah, not as bad as the next album. That's really cringe. Like, there's some really squirm-worthy stuff in it, and I, I can't believe I went and saw them in concert after that album, but... Um, their first album is a very different sound. They had two different rappers. They're using a different DJ, which he was intermixing a lot of the old samples from like TV shows, movies, really obscure stuff. And there's sketches and, and usually sketches do not work. They usually suck. And, and, and I think the sketches are actually legitimately funny. Not great, not SNL level, but they're funny. Yeah, they're really hard on hip-hop. I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with them for a while. Um, nothing really else to say about it. It just it moves really well. I think uh, there's some pretty good rockers on there. There's a terrible, we both agree, there's a terrible cover of Kids in America, which apparently you can cover that song for a buck and a sandwich from the from Kim Wilde. <laughs> yeah, well, it gets, gets the name out there, doesn't it? Yeah, and people know who she is, and they'll go back and listen to the original. All right, what is your uh, first album of this list, of this episode? album is uh, Nightmares on Wax, Smoker's Delight, and it's this, it's a down-tempo, chill album, it's a uh, trip-hop, uh, it is phenomenal, because uh, the guy who's behind this project, guy named George Evelyn, he's this amazing DJ, and pretty much starting with this album, everything that he has put out is amazing, and I don't have a ton to say about it. I have just listen to it. It's great. Um, but the big thing is I wanted to make sure we covered at least one of these albums. Otherwise, you know, before 2006, because it's a long time. And I'd love to have people check out his work before we get into In a Space Out of Sight. Yeah, and 2006 is going to be a long ways away for the show because we only get to like four or five years. Uh, well, four or five. Well, we do them in seasons, so we'll probably only get up to like 97, 98. Because I got to tell you, it's getting harder and harder as the years go on. There's more albums, there's more movies, you know, and stuff like that that I want to discuss. Yeah, so it's getting to cover something before, you know, forever. Kind of want to get, you know, find like the the second best or third best thing that you can. Yeah. Okay, you're next up. All right, Ben Full of Five's debut, self-titled, uh, no, mostly known for their single Underground, which is kind of a fun, kitschy little goofball, tongue-in-cheek 
track, which we're starting to go into the nerd era of rock. We're about to, you know, we got Weezer and we're, uh, what's the rentals? I think was the spinoff band of that or side band. And then uh, we have Fountains of Wayne coming up and stuff like that. So nerd rock, unusual sounding stuff is starting to really take off. And to this day, I still sit there and I question, hmm, when I went to Lollapalooza, Ben Folds 5 was opening up against Metallica, and I really want to see Ben Folds 5, and that's stupid. You spend that much money, it's fucking Metallica. You go see Metallica, you're happy, you shut up. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, this, as I said, I, I do think the band is, is talented. I do, I do think that there's, he's having fun on this record. I also think that this is where uh, shitty indie rock kind of began. You know, like the, that sound of it, the twee. Yeah, it yeah. And, yeah, it, it was, it thought that it was a hard listen, but it just kind of kept making me think of, God, this is, this is the genesis for shit that I hate. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you like Apples and Stereo or the, the Shins and stuff like that, I do think it kind of starts here. Now, I do love the fact that he brings a big, fun vibe with the piano playing. Like, he's the old-school Elton John kind of piano playing when it comes to mixing it with rock. Yeah, it, it's, I, I don't definitely juggle AV against the man. Um, I definitely understand why people will, you know, kind of gravitate towards it. And it's a name that I was aware of. So it, you know, I don't think I actually ever heard the Ben Folds 5. And unless, you know, I mean, obviously MTV videos, I'm sure I've seen stuff. But after a while, it's like, yeah, like, do I actually know anything about this or not? Yeah. <laughs> All right, your turn. My next one is The Roots. And pull my notes. Do you want more is the name of the album. The, uh, and we were talking about it, like what separates them from a lot of bands is they weren't using samples. They didn't focus on digital music. They are a legit band that is just fronted by a rapper. So they have full on just uh, own created music. I think the Beastie Boys were kind of toying at this with their last album when they started picking up instruments. And well, maybe it was before that, but I feel like... Uh, 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 well, not licensed ill. What's the fucking ill communication is where they really start doing, you know, kind of like weird jam sessions, and it, that kind of flows into what the Roots are doing. But you said the Roots, this isn't their first album, right? Yeah, no, this is this is their second album, but it's their debut for a major label, and it feels kind of like a, you know, a coming out. They, you know, this is who we are. This is what we are. Uh, every, you know, it, We've covered a bunch of bands, you know, a bunch of groups and stuff like that on here, especially with the hip-hop stuff. If you like music, this is a group that you need to hear, especially this album and uh, Philadelphia Half-Life are phenomenal pieces. I mean, yes, they are uh, Jimmy Fallon's house band on The Tonight Show, so you can kind of of see what they're like as well. this is um, Distortion is Static, Proceed, uh, Sound Treatment, Roll Singles. But for me, uh, Mellow by Band is the hit of the entire album. The title track, Dead uh, Scat, uh, are really good, are amazing too. You got Essay Waman, which uh, is a live track, so you can actually hear what they sound like live, or at that time. Yeah, it's 
it's hard it's hard to say anything about this beyond the fact that it's you know if you like music and you, especially if you like jazz like i do this is definitely one to check out yeah it it feels like these are the early days of alternative rap um everybody talks about of course the boom of 92 with alternative rock but no one really talks about the slow growth of that alternative scene in hip hop. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like there are so many bands that bands like uh, hip hop groups and stuff that were, you know, like they got known at points, but they weren't necessarily household names. I mean, we did uh, the Far Side earlier, stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, they were they were hits. But there was never really anything that crossed, you know, that really crossed over right. into more mainstream, you know, cultural knowledge. And it's kind of a shame because the roots genuinely belong, you know, in that, in that more, more uh, cultural, you know, chef or cultural cachet, like, you know, like Tribe does or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, it's, I don't, I don't want to do too much beyond saying that it, this is like the first two Tribe out. You need to, you should own it. Right, right. Alright, your next one. Okay, so it's time for some trailer trash, drive-in hillbilly fun. If the B-52s did rockabilly, it would be Southern Culture on the Skids with their album Dirt Track Date. Yeah, and that was that was my, my problem with this really was, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, you know, we I you, know, you bring up the B-52s, and that's definitely apt. It's one of these kind of groups that you have to kind of, you have to have some kind of frame of reference for, and in, just in some way. You can't just walk into this album without, you know, having someone go, okay, let me hold your hand for a second, and let me explain something to you. Yeah. It, it's the same thing with, like, listening to a uh, Dead Milkman album. Or, right, right, right. Or, uh, oh, shoot, what was the other band that I... They might be giants. Yeah, and we're saying, like, Squirrel Nut Zippers. They have a very particular sound that aims at a very particular audience, and usually people outside of that aren't going to get into it. Yeah, it's like, I I wrote my notes that didn't hook me, but like, like I said, I really don't know how I feel about it, whether I really did like it or not. I kind of need to... I should re-listen to it to kind of formulate an actual opinion. Yeah, this is... This is during that era where people were really getting into old 50s and 60s kitsch. You know, it's like the next wave after the whole, like, uh, rockabilly, like, you know, the, the Stray Cats, that kind of rockabilly. Where they're more like loungy, like, like shitty diners, like Mel's diners, you know, that were retro, but kind of like uh, a little out of touch on purpose. Like, it feels like the kind of vibe that you would get from that. Like, something that wouldn't be popular where they were from, like, I, I think they're living from the South. But something that's cool in like the hipster area of Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Or Austin. <laughs> or Austin, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll your turn. Alright, so my next one is Seeds by Brother Kane. Which this is a band that I am a hundred percent sure I had never heard of until like a year ago when the song in Bull Shine On came to my attention. But when I heard the song, I'm also 100% certain I had to have heard the song on MTV. But I, it's weird because Fools is an amazing song. There's, it, ha- it hits all the right notes. So it's like, you know, for that nostalgia card, you know? And 
listening to this album, I fucking feel cheated because why didn't I own this? So I kind of like did some research in a way, and I guess it makes sense I didn't hear them because I guess they're a Christian band. Oh, really? I did not pick up on that. Oh, it's it's like a was it uh oh god which which song? There's one of the songs in there like really really very uh religion heavy, but uh, it's I generally don't know how big of a crossover act they were because I mean Jars of Clay was a Christian band that had some you know had some crossover appeal. So. Right, right. And these guys like Fools was on the Billboard charts at number one for like six weeks. So uh, maybe my friend Russell, maybe he had this album, and that's where "In Full Shine On" came to my attention. And but, you know, it's like, regardless of how you feel about uh, you know Christian rock acts and stuff like that, this album is fucking fire, and it doesn't really uh, proselytize. I so, uh, I was expecting hip hop because I forgot I was <laughs> Brother Ali and Brother Kane are two different bands. <laughs> Brother Ali is a totally different sound. So when it popped it in, I was like, oh wait, what is this? And yeah, it's it's a really good rock band. Uh, really, really, well, I just never heard of them before. There, I feel like there's guys that really should have had some sort of following, but I just never, I just never heard of them before. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. This was like as far as I can tell, like. Had this been, you know, on on one of these things, you know, further out in the uh, in the mainstream, this really would have been, you know, burning shit up. It's yeah. really good. And there, there's mean, always bands like that. Either they're very particular niche, or they're from an area. There's a band that was huge in Portland called Floater, which I've never even heard of, but they're a phenomenon around that area. And I'm like, okay, that's odd. <laughs> yeah. So. If you like your grunge Southern Fried, this is definitely an album you pick. What's your next one? Well, speaking of Portland, we have out of Portland, but moved to Seattle, which pisses everybody off, is Everclear. <laughs> Look, if it's not working for you in Portland, literally, Seattle is three hours at most up from Portland, so I don't see what the big fucking deal is, but people in Portland hate Everclear. They hate Art Alexis and like, he sold us out by moving to Seattle. Look, that's where the scene is. Your job is a band to keep the band together and successful. Fuck. It's still the same songs. <laughs> well, you know my biggest problem I have with this with this is? What? I'm mixing up Everclear and Everlast. Uh, and I, I hate Everlast. I can't remember whose song is what. Yeah. <laughs> well, does it have, when it plays on the radio, does it have 40 scratches with the, the, the record or whatever to block out the cuss words? True. Yeah. True. Um, this is their second album. Uh, the World of Noise is not very, it feels like a demo. It, it doesn't, uh, it's not a good album. But this one is the first one from a major label, Capitol Records. It's called Sparkle and Fade. And I just remember, like, this one kicked me in the fucking balls when I first heard it when I, when, you know, when it came out, like, 30 almost years, uh, years ago. And I just remember Heroin Girl. I know it was a single and it wasn't very big, but that, man, that fucking is awesome. Well, it's like Electra Made Me Blind, uh, Santa Monica, and her brand, uh, her brand new skin 
I really dug those trucks. Yeah, and the other ones that were off this was uh, Heart Spark, Dollar Sign, and You Make Me Feel Like a Whore, I think was the other single off this. Was that off this album? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was definitely, that was a big one off this one. 97 is like their biggest year and then after that they kind of faded like by 2003 or 2004 like most of the guys from this era they just ran out of stuff to say pretty much yeah it's they, they were never a band I, I really connected with but uh, it was it was good yeah they were very popular for a reason they found a way to make grunge very radio friendly and not darker themes but not depressing sounding do you know what I mean oh yeah yeah, because a lot of their songs is like, oh, about, you know, abandoned by their father and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, ew. but they make it, you know, listenable. Yeah, it's not 100% my thing, but yeah, it was, it was a nice revisit. Yeah. All right, your turn. All right. How about the self-titled debut of Garbage? Album so slick and shiny, it's pretty... Reflective. No. <laughs> uh, it, it's okay. It is unfair to a lot of these bands that are starting out because I'm pretty sure most of them don't have producer uh, Butch Big as their drummer. Right. I was like, that's a, like almost like a free pass, like right through the. <laughs> it's like Weezer yeah. with uh, Rick Ocasek. Yeah. It's, and that's what I think is really good on Vig is uh, it's like he was a. He was in bands before he became a producer. So, you know, it's, he knows what, and, and when he did make Garbage, <laughs> when, he, when he formed the band, uh, he made it his focus. So even, like, if you look at his credits, all of a sudden, Garbage forms, and then just Garbage albums. Yeah. And maybe, like, one or two things in between, but basically that was what he did. And... If you want to, you know, kind of shit on them for being like a manufactured band or anything, at least keep in mind that he did treat it seriously and kept his involvement as quiet as he could to keep like a bidding war to, uh, to, you know, break out with uh, this band that he is working on. Because you think about it, it's like, oh, Uber producer Butch Vig has got a band. We got to make sure we sign it. It's like, I want the music to speak for itself. Right, right. So, you know, regardless of how you feel about that, at least he was trying to keep it as, you know, it's like, yes, I'm making a project and I'm going to treat, you know, treat it as seriously as I would anything. Yeah, and I love, I absolutely love Shirley Manson's voice. There's something so dark and seductive about it. And I know, like Everclear, they would hit their peak with their next album. But there's something, like, you can hear there is definitely, like, a strong start. I mean, Stupid Girl is one of the greatest of this era, um, what was the other one? Is I'm only happy when it rains. I mean, these are yeah. really huge songs. Well, it, this, had, this had a ton of singles. I mean, yeah, did it? Stupid Girl, Only Happy, Queer, Vow, Milk. Those were all singles. Uh, only Happy When It Rains and Stupid Girl were the ones that had like the, the videos that we all saw. Right, and like the top forty, like not just alternative charts. They went over to the other, you know, the the, name, the main top forty pop charts. And it's like. Super Vixen, which opens the album, and As Heaven Is Wide are amazing. Heaven Is Wide is my favorite song off the album, actually. And I have to apologize. This is the one album I forgot to listen to. 
I, I, I have everything written down, but then I forgot. So I have all the numbers in order, but between mine and yours, I forgot there was like, oh, I put number 12 between because I ran out of space and somehow I didn't see it. So I did not get to listen to it. Yeah, I, it ended up being like one of the last ones I picked because I wasn't, you know, it's like, okay, go on. Uh, you know, I'll go with this too. Yeah, I mean, it was on my list too, but you know, when I saw yours, I was like, okay, well, I'll just, and then somehow I just forgot to listen to it. Um, yeah. What almost made your list was uh, uh, your Tori, uh, not Tori Amos, uh, Tracy Lords. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one that, oh, yeah, I guess I'll talk about that one now. Just, it, I forgot that it, that it came out, and it's an album that I really dug. Uh, it's, there's a techno group uh, called Juno Reactor, and they got involved with her, and they basically put out a Juno Reactor album with her vocals on it, and it's really fucking good. And it's shit. Watch the movie Virtuosity. Basically, see the music video for what uh, the song uh, Paul and Angel. Yeah, and then, was she doing her own music, or was she just coming in to sing? Uh, she was doing. She was wanting to do her own music, and that's how she got involved with them was, you know, they saw what they were doing. Oh, shit, uh, one of her songs is also in Mortal Kombat. Yep, that's what I was saying. I thought it was in Mortal Kombat, because I remember a friend of mine had that soundtrack. I listened to it all the time. I saw the name Tracy Lords. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. I didn't know she was doing music. Yeah, it's it's a good album. But uh, that was not one of my, that ended up not being one of the ones that was actually on the album, on my picks. All right, so we got that down. My, oh, wow, we don't, did I miss one? Did you do two in a row? Oh, no, no, I see. The other one I missed was KMFDM, but uh, sorry, I ruined that. <laughs> Oops. Uh, let me go to mine, and then I'll embarrass myself by going back to that. Uh, Trip and Daisy, I Am an Electric Firecracker. Can I tell you that the cover of this album disturbed me for years? It's still kind of weird. <laughs> it looks like he's something yeah, gore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing. I, I'll say this. I did not like this. I, this. I don't think this is the first time I've heard Trip and Daisy, but... This is the first time listening to an actual Tripping Daisy album, and I just, I hate his voice. Oh, you do? See, I, okay, so I, another one, very particular style. I, they're kind of like the Trippin, oh, no, 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 just the Trippin' Daisy said, fuck, I'm having a moment, guys. Um, Flaming Lips, that's what I'm thinking of. They're, they're kind of in that vibe. A very yeah. unusual sound. You either get it or you don't get it. They had one hit off this that was kind of popular on alternative radio called I Got a Girl. But I just, I don't know. I got into it a lot. It was just a very unusual sound that I vibed with. Well, that's the thing. Is, I, when I was, we were at the last show, I mentioned on one of the albums, I didn't think it had any personality whatsoever. And I said, there's an album coming up in your on your list that is brimming with it. And this is brimming with personality. This is a, you, well, you said, you know, yeah, you mentioned another band kind of like it. But yeah, basically it's like, but this is one of those things where it's like, this is, there's not very many things that sound like this. And I like punk, and I like, you know, there's something I like that have whiny, nasally voices. And but just for some reason, I just could not, I, Piranha, I think, was the only song on this album I listened to from beginning to end, and kind of liked. Yeah, Piranha is actually, I know, I Got a Girl is the big hit, but Piranha is a better song. I'm, I was obsessed with that for like three weeks afterwards, just kept singing it to myself. So I gave it, I did give it as fair a chance as I could, as opposed to it being, was what I built off of. Yeah, I mean, you always stick to the albums longer than I do. I'm the quitter of the show. 
Yeah, it's like I had I will give him I will give him a fair shake, but yeah, it's, this was this was a no go for me as an overall thing where I'm just like, yeah, no, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Your turn for the one that I already oh. spoiled. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that one. They'll have to wait and they'll have to wait until you they can hear me talk about that. Okay. I'm going to duck down now. <laughs> so the tomatoes oh, aren't hitting. I wasn't sure. I was, this one was like, if you liked it, I would have been surprised. It, it scared the crap out of me, and I was like, ooh, not my thing. <laughs> oh, and okay, so technically, I guess, this is their third album. Because their debut album was recorded, then shelved, because they wouldn't sign the contract with the album's producer, so he retained the rights to the album until 2002. Wow. But they went and re-recorded like eight songs from it, added some new ones, and then their debut, Soul of the New Machine, came out. Which is a lot... These, both these, these two debuts are a lot more death metal-y than this is. Mm-hmm. They ended up like kind of getting interested in the idea of like uh, electronic stuff with because the, they had an EP... Uh, where Reese Fuller and Bill Lieb of this industrial band called Frontline Assembly came in and kind of remixed some tracks, which then led to them kind of kind of enjoying uh, what Reese Fuller did. So they kind of went from like a regular metal band to a industrial hybrid thing, and have pretty much been on that track ever since. And yeah, this album is brutal as hell. It is. One of the rare industrial albums that actually got a foothold in the U.S. consciousness, like Zero Signal from this album, was on the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. I was gonna say, I feel like I saw Fear Factory like on, and they were never at the top of the list. It was always like Escape from L.A., and they show all the bands of Fear Factory be like one of the last ones. Yeah, it's they, they show up in a lot of in a lot of things. Um, really, the biggest I, I will phrase I will say this is probably their best album. Like, they, they've got good albums and interesting stuff here and there. This was not necessarily their biggest. The next album was really their biggest, uh, which also had a cover of Cars with uh, with uh, Gary Newman doing part of the vocals on. But uh, this really just, it's a pounding album, and it is so, so fun to listen to. If you if your idea of fun is getting hit in the head, of <laughs> it was too intense for me, man. I just couldn't. Yeah, it it comes out the gate swinging, and it does not relent. Even when it gets quiet, it does not relent. So that's your jam, one hundred percent. This is awesome. Yeah. All right, my final album is Supergrass. I should Coco. Apparently that's slang in England. I just looked it up. I had no idea what the fuck that meant. Everybody was talking about Oasis at this time. And I remember really late on uh, Alternative Nation. I can never remember. Okay, so it was one, 120 Minutes became Alternative Nation? Or were they two different shows? I cannot remember. Do you? Yeah, not really. It wasn't... I, I wasn't really didn't really watch that much. That side of it. Okay. But I just, whatever, I caught one of the videos, and they're using, like, their heads, but they have, like, little puppet arms and legs or whatever, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. But then, I like, the song just really got in my head, and I'm pretty sure it was all right, not caught by the fuzz. 
But like, and I wouldn't listen to them for another six or seven years. I'd pick up their greatest hits, and then I would go back and listen to the full albums. I love their fun, goofy style. They look like they're the exact polar opposite of Oasis. Yes, they also kind of look like they have that Beatles look too that Oasis had, but they didn't have the, uh, we're so full of ourselves. We're going to be the greatest artists out of England ever. We're just going to be these three fun, goofy friends, whatever, that are just going to have a good time. That's, that, that's always a good thing, because I, I, I get that from the album, and All Right is basically the only song I'm familiar with, but I had no idea who it was from. I just, I'm honestly, weirdly enough, I didn't know All Right was even the title of the song, which is, sounds kind of stupid when you hear it, because All Right is one of the big things in the chorus, but... Hey, uh, I'll tell you this. Today, after 40 years of hearing the fucking song, Rock and Roll Never Forgets, I didn't know it was Forgets. I didn't know until I looked at my phone. I thought until that moment it was Rock and Roll Never Forgives. Uh, what's wrong with you? I don't know, but it ruins the joke where I said, well, of course Rock and Roll Forgives or Keith Richards would still be alive. So now the joke doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I just know that that was a song from Clueless. You know, uh, I overall I don't I didn't really like the album, but I do appreciate that it was a very you know it was pretty varied, and you know it's like you can definitely tell they're doing something with that kind of psychedelic red pop, yeah, you know, punk, pop punkish type thing, and you know it's like okay, you definitely have that niche. It's not mine, but there's definitely a place. Where you know it's like it's fun, it's it's airy, it's it's a good time, and that's and sometimes yes, you definitely want to have that. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was intentional, but it does feel like they were just the polar opposites of that full of shit crap. You know, like what Oasis was doing at that time. Yeah. All right, your last album. Oh, was there anything else that you didn't put on your list? You I, like I said, I think on the last episode, I accidentally threw it away again for like the fourth time in a row. I threw away my fucking list. But it was so godforsaken long. It was two and a half pages is where I started from. And remember, I showed you pictures of it. And you're like, oh, my. <laughs> I, I'll take a few off of your hands, you know, <laughs> just to make it easier on me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll throw some of the ones I had. Uh, filter, Short Bus. That was, yeah, one of mine. Morbid Angels, Domination. Not one of mine. Tranquility's <laughs> The Gallery. Uh, Rammstein's Head Slide. Uh, Black Sabbath's Forbidden, uh, Death, uh, Death's Album Symbolic, uh, GZR, also does Geezer, uh, the album Plastic Planet, that's Geezer Butler from, uh, Sabbath, uh, I, that almost made the list, like, so close, yeah. but it also, Burton, Burton Bell, the vocalist who's on Fear Factory, does the vocals on that album, like, and I kind of felt that that would have been a little bit too much of him for you to handle. Yeah. Like, like, like literally, it, that fell off. I think that's where they were like garbage came on or something. Yeah, I, I do know that uh, Pulp was one of them that nearly made it. Um, I feel like there was a Primus album that almost made it, and then Coolio's, uh, you know, the one with all the big hits. I can't remember what it's called right yeah. now, but that was one that was like, oh, mm. Games of Paradise, yeah. Yeah, and then I think Presence United States of America was on that list, but then I remembered how much I fucking hate Peaches, <laughs> even though I love the rest <laughs> of it. 
Uh, so I was like, nah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I almost had Rancid. That, you know, yeah, that one. Yeah, I almost had that. Uh, Thrill Kill Cult, uh, Hit Run Holiday. And one that I I hadn't listened to. I was going to give give the album a shot because I liked songs here and there from them. Was The Light uh, by Spock's Beard. Oh, okay. I know, I know that. They're like prog rock, right? Yeah, but okay. Jesus, that album. Oh, no. Um, we might we might get another we might get a sponsor sometime later, but not the lights. Jesus. Well, and I remember live throwing copper was one that I listened to nonstop when it came out, but I couldn't listen to it. It's another one of those where it's just pretentious. Yeah, I I, I really dig that album, but mm. yeah. throwing copper. <laughs> All right, so my final one is Nile by Came at the End. It is the first album. And I heard from them, and it made me a fan. And no, I get okay. Technically, Juke Joint Jezebel was the first song I heard because it was a bad voice. Yeah, the uh, like I think we mentioned the last time there was one of the, their albums on our list is like I had a friend who was always like into the oddball music, and he introduced me to so much stuff. And I remember he was a huge fan of KMFDM, and he would listen to them, and I was like, I just don't get it. It's just not my thing. Sorry. Yeah. Well, this is the one. I genuinely think, and as much as they're my favorite band, and I love them, and I will always see them in concert whenever I can, I see them, goddamn, so many fucking times. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this is one of, like, the handful of a 40-year career that is an actual perfect album. Okay. Like, from beginning to end, everything on this thing this album is amazing. It works. Um, and it's like, this is also the, the biggest that the band has ever been. Like, the previous album, Angst, did have a song that had a video that ended up on Beats of Butthead. But this album has, uh, like, Duke Drunk Jezebel from this album was on Bad Boys. It was in Mortal Kombat. Uh, there's a song of theirs that's in the movie Hideaway. Uh, Which we're going to be discussing soon. Yeah, it's like, there's a song, this happened a little bit earlier, but there's a song that's in Hellraiser 3. It's like, they, this, this period, especially this year, ends up being like the one where they exploded, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, their name is out there. Yeah, well, I mean, soundtracks, we talked about in the last episode, soundtracks were so key to a band's exposure back then. And, you know, bands like the ones you, Fear Factor and uh, KMFDM, you know, a big part of this era was getting on soundtracks. It felt like every other sci-fi movie had, you know, one of their songs on it. And that was key to opening them up to a new audience. Well, the thing that helped, that helped them with me was uh, they ended up in some weird partnership deal uh, with uh, the anime uh, distribution company, Manga Video. Because the first song that I heard that was identified as them was uh, a, was the song Ultra, which was a uh, part of a promo video that they had. Okay. That put clips from the random animes off of the video Ghost of the Shell. You know, started with this little promo, and you had clips of shows to this, to this kick-ass track. Uh, one thing I'll bring up specifically on this album is there's this track called Terror, which is... The first time I listened to a mainstream KMFDM album, because they did something like this on a side project, it's a spoken word track. I mean, there's a little bit of chorus that's sung, but 
basically it's spoken word and Sasha is so they're talking about a lot of, you know, political state, you know, in the U.S. in 95. And it's remarkably similar to political state in uh, 2023. Weird, in 95? We're in the middle of uh, Clinton. That's uh, that's unusual. I didn't expect yeah. that. And it's almost everything about it that he says is pretty much, could have, he could have just lifted that song, dropped it right now, and he wouldn't know the difference. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Sadly, yes. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of our list. Sorry we rushed through the beginning of it, but if you know the frustration that we just went through before recording the second time around, you'll understand why. <laughs> All right, anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, not doing anything that much fun right now, sadly. All right, so we'll be back soon as we can with the video games and comic books of 1995, and thank you for listening. Uh, if we missed any albums, let us know. And uh, that's it. Have a good night. Or whatever. Have a good whatever. Have a good lunch. Have a good nap. Have a good day. Enjoy. Enjoy <laughs> yourselves and time. <laughs>